common misconception is that you have to have a bunch of money to invest in real estate and you don't. So the big question is what a top agent is doing to absolutely crush it in real estate. To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Which brings us really nicely into topic two, because we can jump into talking about investment properties. I love working with investors. Now, do you work with military investors or mainly properties for your military? Mainly military investors. We we have we have a a pretty big investor list that we do keep. Um, that's got you know some civilians on it. Um, and when you're working with investors, you really need to find out what their niche is. Because I've got some investors that want to fix and flip. They don't want to buy and hold. Um, and so, you know, you really have to know what, what, what their niche is. Because when you're sending out, you know, your, your email, you know, of, of properties and options, you definitely don't want to send them, you know, something that's not in their niche. So, um so that's kind of kind of something that I've done. Um, I also took a multifamily syndication class um, through ADPI. You know, teaching people how to you know syndicate properties um, or or investors how to syndicate properties um, or buy through syndication and purchase like you know apartments and mobile home parks. So. Um, with investors, when they come to me, my knowledge is I understand how development works. Um, I understand, you know, fix and flips. I know how to run the numbers for them. Um, I, I know how to run the numbers on a, on a, you know, buy and hold. Um, I, I prefer them to kind of work on their numbers so that they can learn because with military, if they ever went to a different state, um, I wouldn't want to know that they know how to do that. And so, you know, I always check the work um, and we talk about it, but um, that's really how I'm able to help investors. For example, I was on the phone call, uh, a phone call with an investor the other day that, that I'm helping, you know, um, purchase a home Um and he's actually using using his VA loan again. You know, um, they do need to move out of their house to kind of get a bigger house. But he's using a, a VA loan again, which will give him eventually two properties he can rent out. Um, for one, I have to say that you always have to make sure and do that legally if you're going to do that, because there is an occupancy rule. Um but he asked me, he said, you know, would this property be okay if I just kind of flipped it and then, you know, sold it when I PCS? And, and I'm going, always going to ask, what are your goals? Because I knew that that wasn't his goal. 
And his goal is to, you know, get several properties he can rent out later. And so um, we have a lot of discussions like that. My my ADPI group, I, I lead the meetups for Oklahoma City. And um, so I'm also a mentor to to some of the military investors. So when you're working with investors, you said, you know, teaching them and, and show them how to do property evals, all the numbers. For anybody that's listening, how do you go about evaluating property? Like, what are you actually teaching them? Are you talking to them about cap rates? Give us a little bit of insight into that world if somebody is looking to start, whether it's military investors or just investors in general. What what should they learn? What do they need to know? Well, they need to, you know, explore some some different avenues first. Um like, you know, fix and flip or what they think they might be interested in. And the question is always where do we get, you know, the funds from? So I think the common misconception is that you have to have a bunch of money to invest in real estate and you don't. You you just have to think outside of the box a little bit. Because um, I could go and maybe, you know, buy a property, seller finance and pay for the down payment with a credit card and then pay that off with the cash flow after I get it rented out. You know, I mean, there's different different ways to go about it. Um, so really you want to, that investor wants to sit down and write down what their goals are. Um, the birth strategy is really, really popular just because, you know, you buy it for less and then renovate it. And then, you know, you refinance and once you refinance, you can pull your cash out and then do another one. And so it's just, what strategy am I going to take and what am I going to learn about? Because I could probably sit and write down 50 different investment niches. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. That's amazing. I mean, you just, for anybody that's misses, go back and re-listen to what Whitney is, is talking about because there's so many different strategies. There's no right or wrong. There's multiple ways of skinning the cat. One of the things that you said is use a credit card for the down payment. Bring us into your world. How would you do something like that? How do you liquidate, let's say 20K, 30K, 40K, if you have a, I'm assuming a business credit card or would these be a personal line? Yeah, I mean, a business card, but there's certain cards that have a cash advance. Now, obviously you can't do that on a normal mortgage that's backed by Freddie and Fannie and you have to have the 20 or 25% down on those and there's no way around it. Um, and a loan officer is going to source where those funds came from. But if it's, if a property is owner finance, there's a lot of, a lot of different things you can do. You can even have the owner finance part of the down payment and pay it, you know, pay them back later in in increments. So there's just a lot of creative ways. Um, but I do get a lot of questions about, you know, fix and flip on those. And um, I just teach them kind of what the calculations are for that. Um, 
And which calculations I, are you looking for? Are you looking for cap rates, cash on cash return? Like, talk to us about that. Yeah. So, um, I don't really look look at cap rates as much, you know, on those. And cap rates cap rates can change, um, especially when you get into multifamily. They can change if it's like you know a value add. So. On some projects, I don't look at that as much depending on the situation. Um, I used to have a calculation of, okay, a buyer shouldn't purchase a fix and flip unless it's 70% of ARV minus repairs. Now, in this market today, um, I'm kind of saying, okay, we need to be more conservative, probably about 68% of ARV minus repairs. Um, just because the market's changed, the the last two years of real estate could correct a lot of flipping issues to where, you know, flippers could sell for more than their original projections. But that's not really happening now. So we have to be I, careful. I, I was about to say, I work a lot with investors too. And there was a time in a period where like at one properties, our ARV was like 715, 720. We refied out and we got 825 for, for it. Right. We, so we were like, why would we sell it? <laughs> Let's just pull the money out, cash flow the property. We're making a couple hundred bucks a month, which is not super significant and life changing. But we pulled out all of our money plus another like 175K on top of it. And then we're going, we went and bought two more properties from, from that. For sure. You know, now we did do a good job. That's the difference, right? We didn't we didn't penny pinch and we blew through our budget fairly quickly. We ended up doing a lot more than we probably should have, could have. Like this wasn't like a like a true flip where you're, you know, MVP, like just so it looks nice. No, like this was like we put in like sub-zero appliances. We put in like an nice. Italian kitchen, right? Like we sourced the right granite because of the area that we were in. So we probably paid about a hundred grand more than we should have for the renovation. But the fact that we were able to still pull out that much extra money is absolutely absurd. Right. Right. No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so when it comes to evaluating the property, I, you know, my personal opinion, the money's really made on the acquisition. It is. If, if you're acquiring the property correctly, even if you have, something go completely sideways on you, there still should be enough room where, listen, it may not be like, oh my God, you know, let's go party and pop bottles type of profit coming in. However, you're not losing your shirt and you're still making out okay. And then you're just, you know, moving on to the next one and, and you learn from it. It's just an expensive lesson, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, so when it comes to... um Working with investors, do you have a way where you're picking certain types of properties for certain investors? So let's say they have overlapping interests. Like, do you have your favorites? And if you don't, like, how do you how do you stay fair? Or do you just put it out to all of them all at once, first come, first serve type of uh, approach? I mean, we so with the NAR, we we definitely have to be careful. Um, because of rules they put out, you know, a couple years ago, um, 
you know, we have to have a form like filed within our MLS if we listed the property, if the seller doesn't want it on the, you know, the property on the MLS. So we always make sure that form is filed with them first. Um, but no, I mean, it, we, we really send out our list to all investors in that, in that niche, knowing that, you know, the property may go fast. And then, you know, there's typically what we find is that we don't have two buyers interested in the same property. Um, that's what we find. Um, and then recently, you know, I've had, I, I always know where the off market, you know, new construction duplexes are. That's something I keep up with. That's my, one of my investment niches and one of my favorites. And so, um, I get a lot of questions from buyers about that, but typically when I send those, send those out, um, it's a development of like 30 or 40 that the developer needs sold. So, you know, I can have four or five investors, you know, purchasing the same de- development. Got it. So you are being fair. You are, you yeah, are being well, fair. It's just because you have the inventory and then you have the market knowledge really is what the first thing that we talked about and just being so client centric. Right. Well, you never want, um, and then I have some buyers, like I've got a buyer looking right now and he's looking for something so specific that, you know, none of my other investors are looking for. And so he's only getting those properties. Um, but I'm really big on, on fair housing and fair housing laws. Um, and a lot of that is, is treating buyers the same. I would never want anyone to say, Oh, well you didn't, you know, um, you know, treat me the same as, because what, what I get a lot is I walked into a listing appointment yesterday and, and the seller was like, Oh, I was talking to a buddy at work and you're his realtor. I get that all the time. Um, I work with a lot of buyers and sellers, um, on the Navy side and the Navy is very small compared to the air force side. So I get that all the time. I probably hear that once a week. There you go. You know, but that means that you're doing something right because the word spreads and the, right. the, the, the smaller the group, the faster it goes. So once you break in, like what are the odds that somebody else is going to come in and swoop up Whitney's client when there's five other people that are talking about you? Right. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 